So, Berto, off the top of your head, what kind of thoughts do you have about big age differences in marriages, you know, where one person is a lot older, like right. 10, 15 years, 20 years? What are some of your thoughts about that? I think that there's a, a nice safe zone where if both people are adults and they're like, you know, I think it's somewhere between mid-20s to maybe mid-40s. I think there's a nice splash zone where I wouldn't be too bothered by anything. Meaning what? Like if the lowest person in the relationship is like 25 and the highest one is like 45, I wouldn't even raise an eyebrow. What if they were 25, 55? Yeah. So when the the gap starts broadening beyond that safe zone, like... Well, it's interesting that you're in your 40s. You know, I I just want to point that out. Sure, right, right. (laughs) But but I, I, I think I... I'm just going more from like when I look at a mid to late 20 year old and when I look at people our age, um, there's a lot, of course, there's like 20 years life experience in there, but like they feel compatible socially. What about like 35, 55? Um, I, I gotta say when I was 35, I didn't feel like I could relate as much to people in their 50s and 60s. So it sounds like you have like a cutoff point, like at 45, you become an old person and, yeah. you, and you shouldn't frat, fraternize. Right. There's like basically everyone older than you yeah. is like out of the picture. Right, exactly. So now when I turn 45, it's different because it's a moving range for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So what are the problems with it exactly? So a, a 55, 25, what's the problem? Uh, well, I, I guess, I, I think that there's... There's a lot of relationships might have happened for one person, not the other. Um, there have been there there could be a real big imbalance in life goals at that point. Like maybe one of them wants to have kids, the other one has no interest anymore in having kids. Uh, maybe one of them already had several kids and is way past that stage in their life. Um, there could also be very different professional goals or, you know, like retirement goals and things like but that. But not between 25 and 40. No, no, no. It, it, it's, of course, it can still happen. But I'm saying, instant, like if we drew it in a graph, I think there would be less, less of those issues the closer to that middle. Like if they're both 30, there'd probably be very few of those issues. And the further they get away from 30 on each direction, you'll start seeing more of those issues pop up. Does society have a similar viewpoint as you do? I think so. Yeah? I mean, it sounds like you're a little bit more liberal about it. A little bit, but for example, I think most folks in modern culture would see like a 21-year-old and a 50-year-old as somewhat problematic. Yeah. And then certainly... Somewhat. I would think they would consider it massively problematic. Yeah, and then there's certainly some gaps that would be considered flat out unacceptable like hey a 17 year old is marrying a 40 year old you know stuff like that right so it kind of depends on how old the youngest person is so a recent event in the media Stephen fry do you know Stephen fry the the english british guy he married a or is he's with a, a guy who's 30 years younger than him elliot spencer and the media is calling Stephen Fry a pedophile and a pervert. What? Uh, a Wait, per- is he an underage k- kid? Uh, no, he's he's an adult. Elliot Spencer's a, oh. an adult. Uh, a pedophile and a pervert and a dirty old man. I don't even understand how pedophile would apply. Yeah, well, I also have worked with clients who 
are and have been in the closet about their relationships that they're in that have big age differences. There's a lot of shame about yeah. it, right? And research has shown that age gaps can result in couples feeling marginalized. I see. You know, similar to mixed race couples. By the way, what, what are we listening to right now? This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and someone who forgets about introductions. <laughs> oh, man. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I administer personality tests for job applicants. So the main questions here are, I should speculate, I should, I should specify that you don't do that because that's a clinic. Whenever you say a clinical job, I just have to clarify that. Do you know that uh, in a different episode, you pointed out that I had never held that job? And I said, well, maybe someday. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're the lay person, other person. Well, I don't do it officially. It's, it's like the training. When someone is going to take them officially, I give them just like, you know, little training ones. So you just stop people on the way into a business and you're like, are you applying for a job? And you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, mm. do my own version of personality. That testing. sounds more official than what I do, which is stand on corners and pester people. Yeah. So the questions that I have for us today, Berto, are the following. Is there an actual problem with age differences? Is there an actual empirical science-based problem with age differences? Question number two, does age difference predict longevity of a relationship? Okay, you know. What are the trends in different cultures? Mm. And does evolution play a role? So we're going to get into that. Oh, interesting. So, in pop culture, what are the terms for people of age? You know, you got your cougars. Cougars. What else? Um, well, there's the whole cradle robber. Yeah. And um, I don't know what an old guy is called. Sugar the... daddy? Oh, yeah, sugar daddy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a pedophile? <laughs> well, that's extreme. But see, I don't understand why those are being grouped here. Well, uh, you got sugar mama. You got gold diggers. You got trophy wives. And, and, you know, by the way, this goes back to, you know how I was talking about a safe zone. If you show me a person, an adult, uh, that's around 18 to 21 years old, and you show me an adult that's around, uh, let's say up to 40, right? Maybe even 45. There are not significant biological differences. Like where you're like, those are incompatible organisms, you know? But as soon as you start looking at kids and, and teenagers, then you start seeing like, well, that looks, that looks like a young specimen. Like that doesn't look. But adults, there's a nice long, and there are 18-year-olds that look like 30-year-olds. And there are 40-year-olds that look like 25-year-olds, right? So there's a long, there's a gray zone there. Okay. You also got boy toy. And I think in the lesbian community, they, they, they call them panthers and, and kittens. Panthers and kittens. And you have like cubs in the gay community. And, hmm. and, and apparently they call them manthers. So if you're an older gay guy, you're a manther. I see. Manther and a cub. Uh, okay. What about the different rules that you have? You know, what's the, what's the rule of thumb that... It dominates our society and, you know, pop culture in America today? Um, I think that usually uh, people expect an older, wealthy guy with a young gal, and they, they're surprised or do not expect an older gal with a young guy. 
Right, but what's the rule of thumb? Like, there's a there's a guideline, a mathematical equation that we're supposed to. We've talked about oh, really? it on the po- podcast before. <laughs> I think with Mandy like years ago. Oh, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember this rule? Well, I remember when we were talking about like uh, age of consent and things like that. Like, no, it's three it, years of difference. But... No, there's like a there's a rule that people follow in today's world. I forget then. It's the half your age plus seven rule. Oh, I don't remember this. Okay, half your age plus seven. Oh, I could have swear we talked about. Yeah, that maybe on the we podcast. did, but I just didn't remember. That. Yeah. So, so what? How old are you, Berto? I'm 42. And what's half of that? 21. And add seven. 28. So 28. I can date 20 year, 28. 28 year olds or younger is the rule. Oh, I can date 28 or younger. Yeah, just joking. Sweet. So 28 or older uh, is the rule. And so, uh, what about your the person you could date who's older than you? So that would be minus seven oh, of 35. And then, so 70? 70. So 70, yeah, so 70. So you could date from 28 to 70. No, no, from, that doesn't work. It doesn't? It doesn't. See, that's what I was talking about, that there was a a good splash zone. But no, I can't date a 70-year-old. Why? That doesn't work. Why? We are at very at, at at significantly different biological stages of life. Okay, so it needs to be more of a logarithmic yes, logarithmic scale, yes. not a not a, right. a straight equation. And here's a very important consideration, and it sucks, right? But men can have babies a lot longer than women can. Yeah, and that's that's gotta be that's that plays a role. Well, we'll get into that in a second. So I read the the origins of this half your age plus seven rule, and they're they, they're not quite sure where it c- comes from, but they do know that it shows up in the literature like one or two hundred years ago as a guide for something else. Do you know what that was? Um, marriage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so for men, oh man, they were like the ideal age of your wife is half your age plus seven. Plus seven. So it, it, the thing is, is like most men a hundred years ago would be thinking about be, you know, getting married around like 20. Right. And so 17, I guess yeah, yeah. is, 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 so I guess the lower you get, the less problematic. Well, it, the plus uh, seven is accounting for, no, you're not getting to marry a child. <laughs> right. Right. So there's another uh, rule that, that Dan Savage put forth. Do you know what that's called? No. It's called the campsite rule. <laughs> can, can you think about what that would mean? The campsite rule. Um, well, like, see, like a campsite. What's the rule of a campsite when you when you when you go into the woods, you know, in a park, and you you have a campsite? Um, you have to clean up after yourself, right? Exactly. So it's when when there's a large age dis, dis, disparity at the end of the relationship, the older partner should leave the younger person in better shape than they found them. <laughs> okay, I like it. So, in I other like words, it. like no diseases, no unwanted <laughs> pregnancies, no emotional trauma. Interesting. So Dan Savage is like because in the gay community, it's much more acceptable to talk about these age differences than than the heterosexual community, huh? It, it I my my hypothesis about that is a couple of reasons, and I think other people share these points of view. Is one, gay people traditionally have had have been marginalized as something abnormal and strange by society for for you know hundreds of years, and so therefore they're freer to some extent to choose how they want to 
how they want to act, you know, and what sort of rules they want to have in their community, you know what I mean? Because, because the, the dominant American society has already rejected them. And so they're like, well, we can sort of make up our own rules, you know? And so they're, they just had more flexibility in that area. Hmm. The other is that there's a tradition, particularly in the past, I think, and maybe even now it, when, when gay people were marginalized even more in the past, and basically, many people were closeted. Right. Mainly, young people were closeted. You had a situation where, say, you're eighteen, twenty, twenty-five years old, and you're in the closet, and you're you're afraid. You're afraid of losing your job. You're afraid of being murdered. You're afraid of your family disowning you, and then you're homeless. Well, if an older gay man takes you under his wing and right. and says, you know, I will bring you into our community because yeah. I'm, I've been here longer and I know the ropes and I, and I have more confidence and I've, I, I have resources. And so there was a, a, a big appeal to that kind of thing, not to make it sound like all people in the past hooked up with older men when they were young. I'm just saying it just perhaps made it more of a norm in their, in their community. Um, what about some, Celebrity couples that you can think of that are that have age gaps greater than ten ten years. Uh, oh, I don't know if they were greater than ten years. So there was the Ashton Kutcher and yep. uh, Demi Moore. Yeah, um, I don't know how big the gap. Fifteen was. years. Oh, it's fifteen years. Okay. Yeah, and there was certainly Hugh Hefner with all his girlfriends. Right. Well, Crystal Harris is the one that I found online. Do you know the age gap there? Mm, Fifty years. Sixty years. Sixty years. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, a little more than half plus seven. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Um, yeah, there's the... Uh, recently, I just read one of these billionaires just married... Oh, who was it, though? Well, I don't know. One of I the famous that. tech billionaires or something. I don't know. Um, so we got Beyonce and Jay-Z, 12-year 12, 12 gap there. Oh, okay. But that one doesn't seem as... Well, it's 12, 12 years. It's, if, you know, if... In in normal society, that would raise eyebrows. I see. Yeah. There was the Woody Allen, right. Mia, Mia Farrow. No, not Mia. The next one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Song Soon Year. Yeah. yeah. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, 12 years. See, another one that doesn't... That one doesn't seem at all disparate. disparate. Well, you know. Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> and Portia de Rossi. I think your name... Portia okay. de Rossi. Uh, from Arrested Development, 15 years. Okay. Elton John and David Furnish, 15 years. Rachel Maddow and Susan Mikula, 15 years. George Clooney and, a, and Amal Clooney, 17 years. Mary Kay Olsen and uh, Olivier Sar- Sarkozy, 17 years. Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and Calista Flockhart, 22 years. Okay, that's that one. That one is odd. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, why? Well... They just don't. Um, they don't even look compatible, let alone age-wise. Interesting. So it's how they look. That, yeah. That's how you get. So you got Donald Trump and and Melania Trump, twenty-four years. Oh my God. Catherine Zeta-Jones, Michael Douglas, twenty-five. Alec Baldwin, uh, Hilaria, Hilaria, Hil- I don't know. Thomas, twenty-six years. At the other Olson twin and Richard Sachs, twenty-eight years. It definitely seems to work a lot more. In the direction of old guy, young woman. Yeah, I mean, I think the only hetero where the woman is older is the Ashton Kutcher one. That among which this, is why it stood list. out so much. 
Patrick Stewart and Sonny Azell, 38 years. What? Yeah. Liberace and Scott Thorson, 48 years. Oh. And as you said, Hugh Hefner and Crystal That's Harris. That's crazy. I didn't know about it. All right. Around the world, in different cultures. So around the world, do you think there are differences in whether or not men are older or men are the same? Or, you know, is there a trend? Yes. Is there a trend around the world? What do you think? I do believe there's got to be differences. And um, why? I, why would there be differences? <clears throat> I think that um, maybe the less developed uh, a, a society is uh, technologically and financially, um, it affords less opportunities for, for these big, dis, dis, uh, big differences in age. Also, I think that religion would play a big role in this. Meaning that less developed societies have less of an age gap? Uh, would be my guess, yes. Interesting. And I would, I would think that religion plays a role in this as well. Uh, in that case, maybe the opposite way, um, but not necessarily. But I feel like there's a lot of arranged marriages in certain cultures, in which case they might be about the same age. Um, and, you know, factors like that. Also, in many places where it's been, like, really economically depressed, um, I, I just think that, first of all, there's a lot less people surviving and so I, it's I interesting. Think those gaps I, it, wouldn't work it, as well. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, I, it almost seems like you're associating wealth with the ability to have a trophy wife, essentially. Um, in a way, yeah, or trophy boyfriend or whatever. Interesting. Um, okay, what about? Um, and, and sorry, and partially because I do believe that, like the old, per- depending on the the gap, the old person in this in this situation or the older person needs to have something compelling to offer the young person. And I would venture to say that at least when it comes to guys, I think money might be very appealing. Okay. So, all right. So let me just lay out some of the stuff here. In all cultures among hetero... We're going to talk a lot about hetero marriages just to let you know. One, because that's... Well, the sole reason is because most of the literature is is about that. Um, there is literature about gay and lesbian couples, which I'll get into in a second. But among hetero marriages around the world, women in almost every culture, if not every culture, every culture studied, had the women on average are younger. And we're talking about averages. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not talking about, the, it, you know, there are certainly relationships where the woman is older and much older. But on average, women are younger in every culture studied around the world. Now, I'm not surprised about that they're younger, but what's the gap? Do you know what's the average? Well, we'll get to okay. that in a second. Um, also, around the world, women on average prefer same age or older men, and adult men on average prefer younger women. That makes sense. Uh, teen boys also around the world seemingly prefer either girls their age or women who are older so it's 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 not like all men and all males prefer younger partners right it's that there seems to be a kind of gravitation around the 20s yeah um i can see that people prefer to marry when do you think when they study people all around the globe what age do men and women like to get married um mid-20s Exactly. Average age for females, they prefer to get married at 25. And average age of their mate that they prefer is three years older. 
and men prefer to get married at 28 around the world, and <laughs> they prefer females to be three years younger. Convenient. So the average preference for your first marriage is man 28, woman 25. And at what age are women the most fertile on average, would you say? 18. Nope, 25. 25, okay. Yeah, I that surprised me too. I thought I thought that, you know, it f- fertility was um pretty robust at after, yeah, you right. know, some at some length after puberty and right. until but apparently it it, it the it's 25. the, okay. the uh, average age of like most likely to conceive is is 25 apparently. I don't know the biology on that. Maybe there's some It'd be fascinating to there. see how that switched over the last million years. Yeah. So, now by region, you know, let's look for some differences around the world, okay? So, uh this is all broken up into western, central, northern continents. So you got you got western Africa, you got eastern Europe, you have South America. So, in terms of those kinds of things, what areas do you think have the largest age gaps on average? between men and women uh, who are married? The largest age gaps, um, Western world. Uh, no, it's, it's the opposite. What, really? about, what about the greatest? Uh, wait, uh, wait, wait. The, the, the less developed parts of the world have the greatest yeah. age discrepancy? Yeah. Wow. Your, your hypothesis was exactly wrong. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Africa has the greatest <clears throat> age gap. What do you think the average age gap is there? And then I'll go ten years. Uh, not 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 that far. It's it's between four and seven, uh, with uh, okay. Western Africa having the the largest age gap of seven, and Eastern having four. Um, then what's what's next in line? Uh, oh, sorry. I I think I understand why my I, I so I I could see how the averages would be such because you you would imagine it would take longer maybe for a man in a less developed part of the world to have financial like enough finances to be able to get married and stuff like that um and however what i still would believe is that big 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 gaps would be less prevalent but i don't have that data i suspect you're you're wrong even on that because uh when, and all the, I did a super freaking deep dive on this. There's a lot of literature and a lot of BS on this, and it took a long time to kind of comb through it. But the gestalt I got was that the 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 more educated, the more wealthy, the more equal between men and women mm-hmm. the society it is, the much less likely you're going to find an age gap. And in other countries where there is uh, less wealth, less education, and a much... I mean, think about, like, the Middle East, where you have women who are, you know, essentially second-class citizens. They can't drive. They, yeah. they can't walk outside without, you know, a thing over them. Well, the it, it kind of lends itself... It doesn't really matter if the woman is 10 years younger because she's basically a child in that society anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Whereas in our society, it's... It, it's it's, um, you know, women can kind of, ch- the other thing is women in our society and in, in the United States have a greater ability to choose who they want to be with. And therefore, right. 
uh, will say, you know what, mom and dad, you're setting me up with this old dude who will quote unquote provide for me, but he's ugly and I don't like him. I guess (laughs) I'm going to modify my my statement then. I'm going to say in the United States, I bet you that there are greater, the, those big, big I know, I got that, I got that. When, when no, the man is richer. Yeah, but uh, yeah. there's no data on that, and, and again, I, sus- I, I suspect you're not, I suspect you're not uh, accurate on that. No, on that one, I think you have to go with me, because... I can't go with you, I don't have the data. Well, I know, I, but, but a, using your own data, your own analysis, because if you think about the, the Well, most, you can't imagine, you can't imagine like a, like a relatively rich man in Western Africa having a really young wife. I no, mean, no, no, no. I'm talking about U.S. only. I'm saying in the U.S., I bet you that the greatest age discrepancies occur for wealthier, oh. older people. Actually, anecdotally, that's not that's not my experience. I mean, certainly that's the news. Because right? what you were you, what you were talking about is that in the Western culture, women are tend to be more equal to men. Hence, most women and most men are probably marrying at the right, around the same age. Well, I can tell you anecdotally. <clears throat> I, I remember in high school, I had a classmate who was dating a sixty-five-year-old man. Uh, a, a woman, uh, it's, you know, a sixteen-year-old girl was dating. Was so, he poor? Yeah, very poor. He that was. He was. Sense. He didn't even have a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think again, I, I'm just not going to go with you on on, on that right. one. The, the point is, is that in Africa they have the greatest distance in terms of uh, the mean age difference, and it's between four and seven, which actually isn't that much. I mean, you're like, oh, ten years, you know, and bef- between four and seven, on average, you know, it, it's 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 a it's a big gap, but but not huge, right? Okay, what's the next area in the world, do you think, in terms of, uh, you know, what's the second most largest... Outside Asia? of Africa? Yeah. Well, then uh, Middle East. Uh, right. So Middle East, which they're calling Western Asia and South Central Asia, so India, okay. you know, that whole region there. Uh, what's the next next in line, do you think? South America. Um, nope, it's actually uh, Eastern, Southern, and Western Europe. So most of Europe, everything in Europe beside is three. So interesting. So Middle East and India are four years average, and then Eastern Europe, Southern Europe, which is you know Italy and yeah. Greece, and then you have Western Europe, which includes Spain and and, and France. You have three year difference. So I see. And then the next one is is Central America. Oh well, you got it right. Central America, South America is also three. So I see. And then the the people who uh, the next the, the 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 group who has the smallest age gap is two years, and that is Eastern Asia. So we're talking like Japan, China, Southeastern Asia, so Vietnam, those areas, Northern Europe, which is UK, mm-hmm. Scandinavia, and North America, United States, Canada, and Australia, New Zealand. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, so the the developed world right is has the the least age gap of of average of 2 years between between married partners whereas in on the other end of the spectrum you have in Africa you have between 4 and 7 year difference. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, um study in the US men accept what range of age relative to their own on average. So when they study you know, a wide range of men, say, you know, 25 to 65. What age range do they prefer relative to their own? How many years younger? How many years older? Um, 10 years younger, two years older. <laughs> pretty pretty good. 10 years younger and to five years older. Five years older. 
Uh, women accept what range of age relative um, to their own? Five years younger and 15 years older. Oh, well, not, not bad. Five years younger to eight years older. Okay. You seem to have a slight bias that we're, that we're coming out here. Well, you got close. <laughs> yeah, it's close, yeah. Um, okay, what about... Uh, f- okay, so there's a difference between first marriages and later marriages. Uh-huh. So with first marriages, 80% of men marry partners within five years of their age. So, so you know, in, in the United States for heterosexual marriages, which is actually similar for gay marriages as well, 80% of m- people essentially marry someone within five uh, years of their, their age. For their first marriage. Yeah. And then 10% between six and nine years, and then 5% 10 years or older, and then 5% marry women who are older. When remarrying, it, it, the age discrepancy gets larger. That's kind of one of the points. And in gay and lesbian couples, when I looked up the data on that, I thought I would see like a, a a significant difference, but I actually didn't. Okay. The difference among gay and lesbian couples is actually pretty similar to, to heterosexual, you know, people in their early twenties, the average age difference of the couple is two or three years, which is, you know, very similar to hetero people. And then when people are in their forties, the average is seven years. So, Probably so a little bit, little bit wider of a gap, but not significantly. You right. know, we're not talking like a, a massive thing. So the the gestalt that I pulled away was that most people, regardless of sexual orientation, tend to couple with people their own age. Yeah, uh, which is which is interesting. Okay, so let's take a break and we get back. Let's continue with this discussion. What do you say, Bruno? Let's do it. Okay, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, please do so. Go to patreon.com. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Talkspace. They have decided to become a, a sponsor for this month's in, of November 2017 episodes, which we're very excited about. I think this is like the third or fourth month they've decided to be a sponsor. And the only reason why they continue to be a sponsor, which we very much enjoy, is because you, the listeners, are signing up with Talkspace. Nice. Every time you guys sign up for Talkspace, and it's actually not many of you need... So I'm just going to tell you the stats. (laughs) Every month, three of you have signed up for Talkspace. Nice. So out of the thousands of people who listen (laughs) to this podcast... Three of you each month, so a total of like nine or ten people, have signed up for Talkspace and used the promo code Kirk. You got to use the promo code K I R K because mm-hmm. that that's the big thing there. So so t- ten of you have done that, and because of that, that has translated into quite a bit of funds for our podcast. Not nice. a, not like a not like a avalanche, just a few a, million dollars. <laughs> yeah, just just like uh, um, you know it. It, it it provides uh, us with funds so that I can spend and Berto can spend more time and energy on this sort of thing. Like nice. I I spent probably I don't know three days preparing just for this episode because there's a lot of literature and right. and I wanted to get it right because and there's a lot of BS out there and so that partially has to do with you know you being patrons and you guys signing up for Talkspace. So if you're thinking about joining Talkspace, uh, it. It, it makes a big difference. <laughs> Let's just put it nice, that way. Yeah. So sign up for Talkspace. Use the promo code Kirk. Uh, unless you don't know what Talkspace is, it's an online counseling program. Right. And they have 
very legitimate, licensed, fully licensed therapists who have been trained to use online therapy. And uh, we've heard from listeners, and they're like, you know what? It's so convenient. I can talk with my therapist anywhere. Anytime, anywhere. Late at night, early in the morning, when I'm you know, doing errands. And, you know, and it, it's just this really nice thing that I can talk to my therapist all week long. And if you don't think you need it, that's okay. Next time you're walking down the street and someone does something offensive, yell at them. Get in their face and say like, hey, you need talk space. Code Kirk. <laughs> Go, do it. Sign up. <laughs> All right. So mortality risk. Do you think there's any differences between couples that have age gaps as opposed to people who are the same age? Yes. What, what do you think? I think couples that, have, uh, that are closer in age um, tend to live longer. Uh, nope. Actually, Damn it. <laughs> so the difference is that if you have a younger spouse, mm -hmm. you will live longer. Oh. But if you have an older spouse, then you die sooner. Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> so, and the other factor here is, or the other data point here is that regardless of that, married people still live longer than single people. So even if you right. have an older spouse you're still going to, on average, live longer than someone who doesn't have a spouse at all, even though your lifespan is shorter relative to people who are married to someone of the same age, and particularly right. if you're married to someone younger than you. So could you live indefinitely long if you kept marrying every year a 21-year-old? <laughs> yeah, you're just like sucking the life out of young people. Um, so men who are seven to nine years older are how much less likely to die than men who have the same age wife? What do you think? Men who are seven or eight years older, older than their wife are, are how much less likely to die in a given, oh, no. in a given, you know, year percentage wise. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, 10%. Yeah. Good. Oh, okay. 11, good. 11%. I was hoping it wasn't higher than that. <laughs> now it's unknown reason. They, they used to speculate about this and they thought they had narrowed down the reason but it's actually pretty complicated and they can't figure out why. Do you have any speculation as to why this phenomenon would be happening? Well, um, given that, for example, in, in Okinawa, uh, the, the research into the centenarians there, um, they, they have seen that one of the aspects that is common to the, the folks that, are, that have lived a long time there is that they're very engaged in the community and actually they spend a lot of time around kids right. and around young people. So uh, that's not a reason, but it does seem to be like consistent. So what, you know, hypothetically, like I would say, you know, it could be that there's energy there. So they don't, they don't feel like what's the point of living and they feel more like there's something to do. There's more activities. Yeah. More physical inspired. Activity. Uh, yeah. More physical activity. Right. Yeah. All that right. stuff. And when you are in trouble, someone is likely to be there to help you. Yeah. Uh, so all those factors. Can, oh, can that, that alone is a great point. Like if you actually, if you, as you do start getting older, if you take a, a fall, you're, you're older, if, if the other person's just as old as you, they, they might not be able to help you at all. <laughs> right. Another factor that's shown in the data is when your spouse dies, you're, you have a, a greater risk of dying yourself. Oh, man. So if you're young and you have an older spouse, then your older spouse is likely to die earlier than if you had a spouse the same age, right? Yes. And so... Because you are, because if you have an older spouse, you're much more likely to be widowed right. at some point, and therefore 
you're much more likely to die sooner because people have an, an increased there's a and there's various reasons why people have an increased risk of mortality that upon their spouse dying. Some of it is practical, like they no longer have someone to help them. Yeah. But also some of it's psychological and that there's there's some people it's like, well, there's really no point in move going you know, moving on with life, that kind of stuff. So I think the lesson here is if you're married to an older person, make sure you have a twenty one year year old on the wings. Yeah. As soon as the older person dies, you marry the twenty-one-year-old, and that suck the life that counterbalances. It. Yeah, you just like <laughs> suck the life. Okay, the larger the age gap, the more likely uh, that there is that people are to get a divorce. So this is one of the major. This is one of the major findings that you see in the literature online and stuff. Is is like the the bigger the gap, the more likely you're going to get divorced. Makes sense to me. Okay, but before we go into those stats, we have to ask ourselves, what is the percentage of marriages, regardless of age difference, that end in divorce? So oh, yeah. what, what's, what's the percentage? Worldwide? No, in the U.S. Oh, in what, the U.S. And we have one of the highest uh, divorce rates in the world. Uh, 43%. Uh, it's, it's 50%. 50%. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It, it's, it's about 50% for all marriages. What about first marriages? Oh, that was all marriages. Oh, sixty uh, percent. No, it's forty-one percent. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. for first 41%. marriages, it's forty-one percent. So uh, that means that people that get divorced are more likely to get divorced again. Right. So second marriages is sixty percent, and third marriages is seventy-three percent. Wow. So so third marriages are almost certain to to be <laughs> to end in divorce. So if you if you're like, okay, how many times have you been married? Four times. You're like, well, let's get a divorce right now. We're not even married. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I didn't see any literature on fourth marriages, you know, because I wonder if it would change, if it would like go backwards because it's like, because <laughs> they don't count lesson. if you die. You know oh, what I mean? Okay, it's okay. like, um, okay. Okay. So for, 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 uh, so for all marriages, it's about 50%, 50% likelihood of, 50%. Uh, of divorce. So, what percentage increase in the risk of divorce is associated with being with being one year difference? One year difference? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this the fifty. So the ideal the ideal is you're the same age. Yeah. So let's say so so okay, you're the least likely based on age only. Okay. Okay. That, to divorce if you're the exactly the same you know with, right. within six months. But one what year, about one year? That's a two percent difference. Good. Three percent. Okay. What about a five year age gap? Now we're talking closer to ten percent difference. Uh, more eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Well, eighteen percent increased chance. Chance. Yeah. So we're talking about instead of fifty percent, you now have like a sixty percent sure, or something, sure. or or fifty eight percent. Ten year age gap. Okay. Or percentage uh, increase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty or thirty uh, percent increase. Good. Thirty nine percent. Thirty nine. Okay. So that means instead of fifty percent. You have like a seventy uh, percent chance yeah. or something like that. Twenty year age gap. Yeah, that goes. That shoots all the way to fifty percent increased chance. Ninety five percent. Oh my god! So I don't know exactly how the statistics <laughs> work here, but because uh, I don't know if they're talking about first, um, but wow. twenty year age gap, your chance of divorce goes, goes up. up almost, it goes doubles. up almost double. Yeah. Yeah. So. From fifty percent, it can't be a hundred percent because for a thirty-year age gap, it's a hundred and seventy-two increased percentage chance. So, I don't know if same-age people 
are like maybe same age people are like 30% chance. Yeah. And like. Uh, oh, that would make sense because 50 is all of them. That's everybody. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I suspect that like if you're the same age, your risk is Low. 30 to 40% yeah. or something. I see. And when you get to 20 year gap, then you're looking at a 70 to 80%. And when you're 30 year gap, you're like 90% or something. Hmm. Sure. Interesting. Okay. So. So, but the question here is, is this due to the age gap or is this due to the second and third marriage issue? Because if you have a 20-year age gap, chances are this isn't your first marriage. It's not your first rodeo. Right. Because one, it might be one of the people's first marriage, but probably not the older person. You know, if you're 45 and you're marrying a 25-year-old, yeah. chances are this is at least your second marriage. You know what I mean? And so... Man, that means that means that Jerry Maguire is probably divorced again. <laughs> uh, now, there's very bad reporting on this. When I... Because this study, in terms of like laying this out, was cited all over the place on the internet as like, you know, in, in Cosmo and... HuffPo and oh bad reporting as in the way it was reported right yeah, so yeah, okay. so they reported it that they they basically were saying that if you were within one year you only had a three percent likelihood that you would get a divorce oh okay you know what I mean so yeah. that's how they would report it I see uh, I thought when you said it was poor report I thought you meant like the self reporting of the stats you know like like they sent out the surveys and you that. The, the self-reporting was bad. I see. But you mean how it was portrayed in the media. Right. Got it. And uh, so so they they misunderstood statistics, essentially. Uh, that's why I was very trying to be very clear that it's an increased chance, not, not the chance. Yeah. You know, for example, this is a quote from the internet citing this study. So the couples who were least likely to split up just a 3% chance had an age gap of one year. Huh. Okay. Meaning, according to science, this is ideal. Right. So, I just want to read this again. So, the couples who were least likely to split up, just a 3% chance, had an age gap of one year. Meaning, according to science, this, <laughs> this is ideal. Now, that's like you open this door that inside is science, and science goes, one year is the ideal. Yeah. yeah. No, no scientist is going to say something's ideal they're they're just gonna say here's the data yeah. you know did you love when i'm scrolling through facebook every all the time there's these scientists find you know such and such yeah and so i always picture these rooms full of these you know white lab coded people sitting around announcing things you yeah. know but honestly <laughs> before i became a scientist myself i I had an extremely distorted view of what scientists sure. were and what they did and how it all worked. It's just such a weird field, you know? Yeah. And unless you're in it or very close to it, yeah. it, it you know, it's just hard to know, uh, particularly if, if you don't have a lot of education, you know? Like, this happens with physics and astronomy constantly. Yeah. They're like, half the matter of the universe just vanished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I blame the media because when you read these yeah. these headlines, you're like, because on Reddit, there's always these, someone will post something like that and yeah. they immediately someone's like, no, you're wrong. I've, actually, I've done that before. Yeah. Someone actually posted a psychological study saying that Facebook, using Facebook causes depression. Right. 
And so I was like, hmm, that sounds a little funny to me. You know what I mean? And so I actually looked at the study and it took me a while to kind of figure it out. And I actually refuted it and laid it all out and said, here's, here's what the study said. Right. And it, it, it nowhere does it say or nowhere in the data does it suggest that using Facebook causes depression. I see. <laughs> the data is much more nuanced than that. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. So now, so far we've been talking about marriage, yeah. which is really only one type of romantic relationship. Right. You got dating relationships where, you, you, you know, either you're unsure if you want to marry them or you're not even thinking about dating somebody. Have you heard of polyamory? Right. <laughs> So there's a lot of data where about dating relationships. Where where do we find just a slew of data regarding how people date? Tinder. Uh, yeah, but yeah, in general, just dating websites. Dating websites. And OkCupid is actually very open about their data. Okay. Uh, they they just have a philosophy. Oh yeah, they post all sorts of stats and things. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what percentage of so this again heterosexual. What percentage of conversations are started by men as opposed to women starting a conversation? You know, reaching in, out. So in dating sites. Yeah, on OkCupid specifically. Freaking 85%. Close, 80%. You're pretty good at this. Point. I was going to say 80, but I was like, double down. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, men sending messages. Men tend to message younger women. And the older women get, the younger the women they message relative to their age. Right. So the older, so so say a thirty-year-old. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, the uh, the average thirty-year-old man on OkCupid has the average person that they message will be twenty-five or something. Yeah. And whereas a fifty-year-old man, the average the, the average fifty-year-old man will message someone who's forty years old. You know, so right. it just gets bigger and bigger. Um, oh, I thought okay, that that's understandable. I thought it meant. The older you get, the, the yeah. younger though. No, no, it's just relative to your age. Yeah. Now, what about women sending messages? Do you think there's similar or, or, or different? Um, you know, I think that in general, they'll send messages to people around their age or a bit older. Yeah. So that's the assumption, right? Because based on all the yeah, evolutionary so. psychology stuff and like the statistics, uh, but it's actually not that at all. Women tend to message men who are closer to their age, but as they get older... They actually send a lot of messages to, to younger, younger men. Guys. Well, okay, that's that's the cougar effect. And well, <laughs> well, you, you, <laughs> you label it cougar effect. You label it the cougar effect, but it's the same for men. It's just a human effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but in women, it's called the cougar effect. <laughs> but it's funny that you feel compelled to label it something. Well, it's natural for men, but for women, it's the cougar effect. <laughs> <laughs> send all messages to Umberto Castaneda. <laughs> At hotmail.com. That probably was your hotmail account, wasn't it? It's probably H. No. Casaneta. No. Oh, it never was? No. <laughs> so, um, I never used my real name for any email account. I, I, I always used my name because I, I just was like, I just didn't understand. I didn't want to confuse people. Anyway, yeah. so, the old, so the older women get, not only do they send messages to younger men, but they also respond more readily to younger men. So this flies totally in the face of the data, right? So we have to reconcile this somehow because according to OkCupid, women prefer younger mates. Older women prefer younger mates. And younger women prefer the same age mates. The same age mates, right. Not older men on average. Right. Now, there's certain younger women who prefer older men, 
but on average they they tend so not so some younger women actually prefer younger men you know what i mean so so it's because on average they tend to gravitate towards their age but as women get older they tend to respond and message younger younger uh, uh younger men i mean one idea i would have is that a lot of those sites are initially so visual that i think you know men and women probably are both looking initially and going like well this person's attractive and I, I feel like, you know, younger people of both sexes would tend to be a bit more quote unquote attractive by by more standards. Hard to know. Hard to know because the the profiles will talk a lot about their life as well and photos might exhibit lifestyle and that kind of stuff. So yeah. but either way it's surprising. And it, it flies in the face of all the other data. And so we have to figure out how why that is. We have to we have to but we'll get into that at the end here. Okay, the so so we've talked about longevity. So whenever they measure like marriage in the the, marriage. the the quality of a marriage or something, they will talk about longevity and another factor. What's the other factor they talk about? Uh, marriage, longevity, and health satisfaction. Oh, satisfaction. So uh, who's satisfied? Satisfaction with the marriage or yeah. with life? With, with the, the marriage. marriage. Yeah. Okay. So men who marry younger. Uh, men who marry younger, same or older women, uh, who who is the most satisfied? I see. Yeah, I would say men that marry around the same age. Nope, younger. Uh, what? Yeah, That's women. Not possible. What about for women? Uh, who's the most satisfied? Women who marry younger, the same or older men? <sighs> women who marry the same age. Younger. No, this doesn't make sense. Not culturally. Well, not, but it, it also doesn't make sense based on the marriage divorce statistics. Right. So both men and women are most satisfied when they marry someone younger and least satisfied when they marry someone older. So th- this would tend to imply that the divorce is led mostly by the younger person. Uh, maybe, actually. However, that initial satisfaction fades over time. So even if you do tend to prefer, you're like, yay, I married an, a, a younger person, that satisfaction tends to fade after six okay. to ten years, uh, particularly if the couple faces economic problems they found, because the speculation is that as the, you know, say you're ten years difference, the the strain on a marriage is perhaps a little worse for couples in general who have greater age differences because it's perhaps more likely that one person is carrying the financial burden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So again, terrible reporting in the media about this because, so basically what, you know, the, the study looked at one way is, well, sure you'll, you'll, you might like it at first, but satisfaction rates plummet after that. But that, but that's not what the study <laughs> demonstrated. It just reduces, it just it reduces, maybe comes back yeah. to normal. And so basically when they report this to the media, it's like, if there's an age gap, you're doomed, you know? So here are some headlines based on, so there's, there's two main studies that keep getting talked about. One was that uh, increase in more likelihood of divorce as the age gap gets higher. And then this, uh, initial satisfaction reduction over time. So here are some headlines. What's the best age gap in a relationship? <laughs> How much age gap is okay in a relationship? <laughs> Thigh gap, did they say? Marriages, marriages with large age gaps 
may not last. <laughs> I like that one because it's like uh, any marriage may not last. <laughs> Science has an answer to the perfect relationship age gap. <laughs> Science has spoken. <laughs> The age gap between you and your partner dictates how long your relationship will last. It dictates. <laughs> Take dictation, please. <laughs> yeah. It's like these are headlines written by people who don't understand statistics. It's, it's, there's risk factors. There's, there's you know, a, a slight uh, increase in risk of this and that. Oh it's gosh. not, you know, your age gap doesn't dictate your your future it just it just increases your risk it's like it's like saying it's like saying driving a car will dictate that you will die in a car accident you know what i mean your astrological sign guarantees how long your marriage will last well that's even more ridiculous okay so so why is there a age gap you know um so reason reason why there isn't oh so one interesting, one interesting question to ask about all this, as I was looking over this, is why isn't there a greater age gap? You know, in, in the Western world, you have an age gap of two years on average. Yeah. That's a pretty a small gap. Yep. That means that, like, a huge amount of people are within, like, zero to five years difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, people getting married at young, people getting married old. And so one question to ask when we really step out, if we're aliens on, an, uh, you know, watching us from the moon, it's like, you know, you can, you as an adult, legally speaking, you can couple with as someone of any age. That's right. So when you're 25 and single, why is it so predictable that you're going to that you're going to marry someone your age when you can marry someone of any age yeah. you know so what's the what's the reason why well i have one possible reason is that up until the age of around 23 you've been spending the majority of your time outside of your parents with people of around your same age okay. because all through college or sorry all through high school and then mostly all through college other than professors and maybe some graduate students so you're just used to people your age and you're spending most of your time and i think the familiarity and like how much time you're spending is how you meet people in the end and how you like actually make connections yeah. so i would i would expect that a lot of people actually literally meet their spouse in college yeah. and and their spouse happens to be around the same age yeah or they meet at work where there tends to be, you know, at least at your desk, there's probably yeah. similar aged people or something. I don't know. Well, in the literature, they call it homogamy, which is basically marriage to the same person as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people are taught by, you could say it's evolution, but also you can definitely say cultural conditioning results in people seeking out people to, to marry people like themselves. So ethnicity and age and skin tone and, to some extent, body shape and accent and education. It's proven time and time again that, in general, humans tend to be attracted to and, and particularly marry people who are almost identical to them. Which is surprising, right? Because you would think that you would be predisposed genetically to seek diversity, to you know, combine more, better genes. Well, and we would also be selected to choose people within a similar gene pool because that means 
more likelihood of our gene pool being propagated, right? Oh, I see. Okay, so there's two forces maybe competing there. Well, well yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah. Um, the the other thing is is that it is a uh, it's a cultural thing. You know, we we are taught if you grow if you were. Um, Raised in Africa, for instance, yeah. you were adopted in Africa and you were around all dark skinned African people, right. then the chance that you would be attracted to and marry an, an African dark skinned person is much greater, right? Yeah. So, and actually, it might have something to do with imprinting at a young age. Right. Or, or so, so, the, so it, it has seemingly less to do with our biological drive and more to do with the way we're socialized as we, as we are raised. Interesting. You know? Okay. So, uh, reason for men and older. So what about speculation as to why we have a trend of men being older than women across all cultures in, in the world? Why would that be happening? Do you think? Well, I do think that there is something to the age of being able to, to, to give birth. Um, and so, so are you saying a conscious thing or a or an unconscious drive? Uh, that that part is both conscious and unconscious. Like people are aware, you know. Like if if uh, if an older man man wants to have kids, uh, they are aware that th- there's an age past which they won't be able to with with a female, um, and and also. I think both implicitly and sometimes explicitly, people are aware that hey, I think I want a younger you know, woman to give birth to my kids because they'll be healthier or whatever. Uh, whereas for men, which is not great, unfortunately, for women, but for men, it's like, well, their sperm is their sperm, you know, and it'll still swim, even though actually epi- epigenetically, that's probably like not correct. And I don't know. But but um, so I, I think that there's that aspect. And then there's also the financial security aspect. Right. That I think... Um, Disregarding my original point, I think in general, the older you get, you tend to be more secure in your life and your finances and things like that. Right. So that's the prevailing evolutionary psychology theory. And even it's also almost a social psychology theory as well, in that we were selected as men to be attracted to the most fertile of women, which Mm -hmm. is in your 20s. And so therefore, visual cues that indicate a woman is in her 20s is the most sexy to us or something. Right. And so when you're 55, the closer you can get to that look, the right. the, uh, the idea goes, the more likely you're going to be turned on by that and the more likely you're going to want to uh, get with that and marry, <laughs> and marry that. Makes you know? sense. And the reasoning is, is that those men who had that psychological drive towards women in their 20s managed to pass on their genes more often than men who didn't discriminate on age of the adult woman or something. It's similar to how the vast majority of people are not attracted to children because we were selected away from that because those who are attracted to children tend to not propagate their genes and therefore they get, they get, you know, those genes become slowly kind of marginalized from, from, from our that's that's the idea now and probably also why very close incest relationship uh, might end up not being as common because those offspring may not be as viable right so and so not only a perhaps a biological drive to not have sex 
under those circumstances, but but definitely a a social uh, dogma and religious dogma to discourage that sort of thing. Now, that's the theory. There's almost no way to demonstrate that uh, effective. There's no way to demonstrate that effectively given our current scientific methods, aside from uh, doing really horrible experiments on babies throughout their entire life yeah. or a time machine. We, we just, it's just hard for us to know because we're all born into a culture that, that says that younger women are better and older women are worse. You know, we, we definitely have that in our society, you know, not only in sexual partners or marital partners or something, but just in general, you know, people want to hire younger women, the media, when, when you're a news anchor, like, you know, when you're 55, you're much less sought after than when you're 30. Yeah. When you're a movie star, you know, I'm listening to uh, Lauren Graham's audiobook from Gilmore Girls, you know, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. I've actually listened to uh, Bossy Pants and Yes, Please. So, uh, um, Bossy Pants is the uh, is, 30 Rock. Yeah. Tina Fey. Tina Fey and uh, the woman from Parks and Rec, Amy. Oh, Amy Poehler? Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah I've listened to, this is, I've listened to the trifecta of, <laughs> of audiobooks from these comedian women's, women, see. and they have a very similar tone to their writing and a very similar <laughs> topics that they get to, but they're so delightful and funny. The Lauren Graham, all three, uh, Tina Fey, Sarah, uh, Amy Poehler. <laughs> I'm just terrible with names. <laughs> and Lauren Graham are hilarious people. And uh, all of them talked about how past a certain age, essentially when you become like 35, 40, all of the offers dry up, <laughs> you know, because you're, sucks. <laughs> you're, you're, you're disgusting now and you're irrelevant, you know, you're past the age. Right. And so, so we definitely have a society like that. So it's hard to know if it's evolution or if it's society, right? Yep, yep. And well, and, and in some cases, like you mentioned, you know, religious factors and stuff like that. But even that's always hard to know because, you know, does it say in some texts, don't eat pork because it coincidentally, like they just thought it was bad for totally subjective reasons. And coincidentally, that prevented them from catching trichinosis. Did they, you know, like, or was it that they observed over many, many years like hey maybe we shouldn't be eating those things and then right. they made a religious rule around it <laughs> right they just were like you know people can't help themselves if yeah. we say i think it's a bad idea that doesn't have as much weight as god, god dictates do it yeah, yeah. Exactly. um well so so why do we do this you think in society so let's say that it's not an evolutionary thing you know let's just say that right we definitely can say that society uh, has a double standard about age for men and women. Sure. You know, men get hotter and women don't in our society. You know, why why do we do this? You know, why did we develop this? Because it's around the world. Yeah. Right? So why do we? Why would we develop that social construct? Do you think? Well, I mean, I do think that, uh, especially in history, uh, the there was an actual survival aspect, meaning. Uh, you know, there was a powerful male in the region that ran things. And they he probably had a few lieutenants and powerful, you know. And so if if you're a female, like you're going to want to be allied, allied and in good graces with those people. Um, and if you can be married, even better. And so I think that there was actually like 
a real life or death question in many cases. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's overlapping with what I, my total speculation, again, because there's really no way to ever answer this question. But, but yeah, men have traditionally had power around the world yeah. for, for whatever reason. It's hard. It's, it's sort of weird, like, to think back, like, at what point did that become codified in our, in human society? You know, was it in early, hominid society or something that and we all just sort of inherited that cultural notion because it's really a cultural notion there's no inherent reason why men should be leading and men should be dominant in society particularly as we start to change our mores in western society particularly but really around the world and we start to see all these differences wash away you know right Uh, so so it's just like it's it's just kind of interesting to think about but what for whatever reason men have traditionally held power at least in you know historical uh times up until today and therefore in order and it, when you have power um one of the big things you need to do is retain that power right and one of the ways that you can retain that power is by making sure you have a spouse that knows her place right and so I think total speculation that way back when and up until you know recent times, it actually was a smart move to some extent to retain power at, by making sure that you didn't have someone your age or older. Because yeah. imagine if you're uh, the the other thing I suppose now that I'm thinking about it is the 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 observation or perception of power. If there's actually examples from Roman history where you had a powerful mother kind of uh, suggesting things to sure. to her son who was an emperor or something, and society didn't like that. There's like, oh, you know, he's a mama's boy and that kind of stuff. When it's just like, well, how about he's just getting advice from his mom? Sure, <laughs> like, sure. what's wrong with that? You know, and so so it, it works better, and you know, the optics look better when you have a a younger woman who is like doing what she's told and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so, I mean, we have like, we have examples in uh, nature of uh, animals that don't have anywhere near the cultural development that we do. Yeah. So take gorillas, right? Like why yeah. is the silverback gorilla in charge? Because they're the biggest, yeah. the strongest. So well, their, their society and their survival and their social structure is, is based on a strong, like, king essentially yeah. a chief and so for whatever reason in our evolution the hominids that we came from there was a, a evolutionary advantage to one sex becoming sort of the physical protector or whatever and and un- the unfortunate side effect is that well the other sex couldn't actually compete physically and therefore had to be uh, as soon as it became that one sex wanted to exert power there was like not really a good choice there and and then and back then there weren't things like well but I have a good job or I have a degree or no no there wasn't any of that it was just who can beat up who and it was pretty much like one sex could beat up on average the other sex more frequently so glad you brought this up I'm going to completely shoot it down that you're bringing up gorillas that's fine but chimps and bonobos completely opposite they don't have <laughs> they don't have male dominance in in the way that the way that uh, apes do, but but they're physically equivalent. Or the way that gorillas do, right? Sorry. But they're they're pretty physically equivalent. That the the female bonobos and the male bonobos are not significantly different physically. 
Well, the point is, is that it's unknown what our quote unquote natural state is, is the point. That's, that's my point. It's like, we just don't really know. But, but, uh, but that would be making an argument that through society alone, males no. on average, no. right? No, right. I, I see this is, you are doing what people do on the internet to me right now. I am saying we don't know. And by, and, and what, whenever I say that people on the internet will say, well, how do you know? And I'm like, I'm saying, I don't know. No one knows. Well, no, no, but there are some things we do know. And that's what I was trying to say is that I, I, we can observe chimps and their behavior. We can observe bonobos. We can observe, we can observe gorillas, but but, we also have, we're we're a different species. That's true. Hard to know is, But, but we have no evidence that, significant sex differentiation can occur in a short amount of of uh, uh, evolutionary time, meaning thousands of years, for example. So since we don't have that kind of evidence, I think y- you would have to have really good proof that that it was that, he, you know, males and females were about the same physically and all of a sudden culture in the last, I don't know, 100,000. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, right. right? Men, men are, on yeah. average, bigger and have more upper and, body and strength. And I think... But, but it's hard to know exactly why that is. Oh, yeah, totally. Why that happened, I agree with you. But because that happened, unfortunately, I think it led to a physical overpowering of one sex over the other. And then, therefore, when, when other things didn't matter, like what your career, your degree, or anything, it was simply, literally, who could beat up whom? And most guys that were stronger could beat up the weaker guys and most of the women. And that assumes a sexual selection based on who you can beat up, which is which is I think anthropologists would would have a problem with that with that very simplistic view of sexual selection for for humans. But anyway, yeah. uh, let's take a break and we get back. Let's get into the bottom line here. What do you say, Bruno? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. Again, this episode brought to you by Talkspace. Use the promo code Kirk. And again, if you're one of those few individuals who's on the fence, do so now because we're hoping to get another month of of, uh, of sponsorship. So we only need three people a month, apparently. <laughs> I've, I've seen the charts that these people have said. So if you're thinking about it, even if you're just curious about it, you're just like, huh, you know, I'll try this out for a month. It's pretty low. I think it's like... A hundred thirty bucks a month, or I—I I don't know the stats, but it, and with you, when you use the promo code Kirk, you get like forty bucks off. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah. I should—I should know that number. You should know these things. But, but anyway. listen, listen, trust me, you guys need it. If you're sitting there listening to us for this long, yeah, you need some professional talk space. So, is there an actual problem, Berto, with age difference? After we've gone over all this stuff, is there an actual problem, uh, like a? A moral problem, a societal problem, a, you know, a, a public health problem with age differences in in relationships. I think to the extent that we've been discussing, in other words, ruling out actually with minors, um, it's it's definitely seems more inconclusive now than when we started. Like I would have said at the beginning, yeah, after a certain amount. It's gone. But, but when you say, like, why, say, well, you might get divorced more often. And then I'm not sure if that's enough of a reason. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, uh, by that logic, no American should get married because it's Americans it. are much more likely to get divorced yeah. than people in Poland. Right. <laughs> so, therefore, Polish people can come over here and go, like, you know, you shouldn't get married because right. you're really likely to get <laughs> right. divorced. Right. You know? And uh, we didn't talk about any sort of 
psychological damage from the age gap. Which has not been demonstrated. Right. I just want to be clear. Now, it hasn't been investigated that, that, but we'll get more into that in a second. But anyway, so let's, so let's summarize the research here. Now, if you're, if they're, the greater the age gap, the, 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 sh- the, the less likely the, the relationship will last until you die, is the way I would put it. You know, so if there's a five year age gap, then, in, the, instead of like a 30%, 40% chance of divorce, you now have like a, like a 45, 50% chance. 10 year age gap, instead of like a 30 to 40, you now have like a 50 to 60. Mm-hmm. If there's a 20 year age gap, instead of a 30 to 40% chance, you now have like a 60 to 70 or something. Yeah. So, so the greater the age gap, the, the, more, uh, the more likely it's to end in divorce. Uh, also, according to research, marriages is it's more vulnerable to economic problems. So if you, if you have a if you have an age gap, you're you seem to be more vulnerable to economic downturns. Um, also, there's an altered life expectancy, both pro and con, right. which is also you know borne out by the data. And there seems to be different satisfaction rates for each member. So if if you married a younger person you tend to be more happier about it than the younger person does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on, th- but this is on, on average. average. This, on is average. On, this is on average. Okay. And also, the, none of these reporting I could find effect sizes. Because so that, that's another thing. Because like, if, if there's a significant difference, it could be like, instead of a 8.1 satisfaction out of 10, right. uh, you have an 8.0. <laughs> and it, with, with a large enough uh, sample size, that's a significant difference. But <laughs> it, does it, is it meaningful? You know? right. So it's hard to know. So the question, so, so, there's, so there's two things that you can really, there's really only one thing you can point to in terms of the data that is a difference between same age marriages and age gap marriages. And that is, is that age gap marriages tend to, tend to dissolve quicker and more often. Right. Right. So, so now what, what people will say, and according to those, you know, those headlines, science has proven the perfect <laughs> age. But the thing is, is, is longevity good? You know, is it does, does long lasting relationships, does that equal good? You know what? Because the, the question that I yeah, always have right. to people, because people will always use this language, I have a I have a failed marriage. Yeah. You know, I have a broken marriage. I have a broken family. <laughs> you know what I mean? And these words are reflective of social constructs. That there's <laughs> nothing empirically wrong with getting married five times. So, so imagine if people talk like that about other things, like. I, I had a failed school experience. Why? Yeah. Well, eventually I graduated and left. <laughs> right. Or even, or even with jobs. Right. I failed at my last job. Why? Well, because I have a new job. Right. Because <laughs> I sort of grew out of that job. And, and I have a new job that pays me more. So I failed at my last job. Right. Exactly. It's the, it's, now, people out there, you might be going like, well, come on, guys. I mean, you know, marriage is different from a job. Well, not really. Is it? <laughs> now, you know, if it, if the only thing you can point to is children. When you have children and there's divorce, it's particularly if it's ugly, right. then k- kids can suffer. But a lot of times, all of that suffering can be mitigated with, with good divorce b- behaviors. Right. You know? Well, in, fa- in fact, what you just said is important because if we want to talk about failure, we could talk about 
did I fail at handling the ending of a relationship properly? Right. But because, you know, you could imagine, like, if you, if you measure failure in terms of human suffering and, and negatively affecting people's lives, well, yeah, you could totally make cases for bad marriages, bad divorces, bad remarriages, bad everything, right? Right. Uh, so that makes sense. But, but you're right. When you say, I had a failed marriage yeah. because it ended, right. that is... Right. It's odd. The, the thing I, because I talk with a lot of clients about this. The thing is, is, so Berto, just in your head, you don't have to discuss them, but just count rough estimate back of the napkin. How many romantic relationships beyond a couple months length have you been in, in your life? Back of the napkin. Um, probably like 10. Okay. Are you in a polyamorous relationship right now with 10 different, with all 10 of those people? No. So, at I le- failed at all those. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you are a total failure. Total failure. Now, uh, so according to that, we're all complete failures. Complete failures. And that's because our society says, unless y- you have to meet someone young, right. marry them, and stay with them for the rest of your life. Anything other than that, that very old model that was probably based on, like, agrarian society, agricultural societies, you know, is that the same as agrarian? Yeah, agrarian, yeah. Um, you know, unless you do that very uh, normative path, then there's, <laughs> there's something wrong with you, particularly if you got married and divorced. Yeah. There's plenty of people who fall in love, they decide to get married, and they start to fight a little bit, they grow apart, and then you're like, you know what, it's, let's, let's divorce. It's amicably end the relationship. Is, is that a bad thing? Well, that's what this these studies are looking at. Yeah. They're they're counting that as a the, or at least the they're media. Assuming. They're starting from the assumption. Well, the the media does. Yeah, yeah. The, the the scientists don't necessarily do that, but they they kind of do. But particularly the media, they're like, okay, well, you know, larger right. age gaps, more likelihood of divorce. Therefore, large age gaps are bad. Which is funny because given the statistics, like fifty percent end in divorce, right? You basically have to, you're at the same time saying, look, as we all know, staying in a marriage indefinitely is the ideal and what we all should do. So we have a crisis, a worldwide crisis. Well, particularly the United States. 50% yeah. of those fail, utter failure. Right, right. Divorce is, among some statistics, basically the norm. So whenever, and, and you know, as a, person who studies this all the time whenever i go to a wedding i'm always kind of like yeah you know i mean they seem in love right now but you know (laughs) (laughs) they're so in love (laughs) but that's the thing it's like it doesn't take away from the magic it doesn't take away from the love right it doesn't take away from the meaning it doesn't take away anything right it's just one of those things you know when you date someone in college and you're like "Eh, i'm not really interested in marriage but you know we'll have two years and it'll be great is that a failed relationship no you just, it was temporary, as most right. relationships are. Now, if the bride ends up sleeping with the best man during the honeymoon, does that take away at all, or is that still... Um, depends on the arrangement. <laughs> um, and, you know, the satisfaction of all the members. I see. I mean, because, you know, the groom could be in the corner, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of an inside joke that Berto and I have. Okay, so... The difference also, the other thing here is that um, couples with age differences are marginalized. When they actually study, they've actually studied this and found that um, 
there's two different kinds. There's two different spectrum. There's a spectrum of age difference couples. You have couples among people who have big age differences between them. Uh-huh. You have some people who perceive a marginalization in their community and society. And then you have another set of people who don't perceive it. Okay. And for the people who perceive a marginalization, they're more likely to divorce quicker. Oh, interesting. Well, so, I, that makes sense. Right. So now what other kinds of couples are marginalized in our society today? Well, gay couples. Right. And, and interracial couples. Right. So I don't know the, 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 the gay interracial stats, but I do know that gay and lesbians are more likely to kill themselves. Right. Wow. And we know fairly certain that it's because of marginalization. So by that definition, we should be like, well, the ideal sexual orientation is to be straight. You know what I mean? And so it's not a direct analogy, but you get my point is that, you know, just because society is crapping on age difference couples doesn't mean that age difference couples shouldn't exist. It means as a society, we need to stop marginalizing. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) You know, can you imagine when the aliens come down and we and they they look nothing like humans and but they're they're sentient we're sentient and we have language so so inevitably they're going to start having you know alien human relationships and marriages and stuff and and so what that's going to be a mess <laughs> there's going to be a lot of discrimination um so many factors play a role other than age difference in terms of not only longevity but but marriage satisfaction you know there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that play a role, you know? Like, what other kinds of factors besides age play a role? In ending, religion, in ending marriages? Or? That and, and satisfaction, you know, oh, longevity, and satisfaction. longevity and satisfaction. I think financial, you know, uh, how, how well off the couple is doing. Okay. Uh, financial security, I should say. Uh, whether they have family support, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and and of, of course the environment around them, like if they're in a war zone or yeah. if they're. But what about differences between them? Oh, I see. Okay, well, yes, definitely. If they want to have children or not, right? That's a big one, right? And that might have to do with age, but it, it might could, not. Yeah. What else? Uh, different prof- career or or financial goals, like yeah, you know, one of them wants to travel a lot and just kind of spend the money they have. The other one wants to save and buy a house, right? What else? What other differences might play a role? Social differences, like one person really likes to go out and party every yeah. day. And the other Good. Person's, yeah. Right. So there are a lot of domains yeah. and factors worth considering if you're going to be thinking about whether or not this partner or that partner is good for you or what sort of partner you should be looking for. Right. So age is one of those. Imagine if we shamed all those. Like, right. Oh, you're one of those couples where they, she likes going out and you don't. Right. Ooh. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It's Gross. exactly the same. Do you guys have, how do you have sex? Yeah, pedophile. <laughs> um, parenting style is another big one. Your values, your culture, your education, your interests. One person likes to hike, the other right. person hates hiking. You know, these, these uh, similar, these, eight, you know, these differences can play a role, and age can have something to do with that, but but maybe not. One person's a vegan, the only one only eats raw meat. Uh, your life path, again, which could be inter- uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, related to your age, but maybe not. You know, when you're going to, as you said, have kids, or right. if you're going to have kids. When, <gasps> religion! Yeah, religion. Um, whether or not you're in love. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not you're committed to each other. Whether or not 
you feel good when you're around each other. Yeah. These are all much more important things than age, you know? Uh, in fact, you know, anyway. Um, the other thing to think about if there is an age difference is whether or not your your family and community will support that. So, so if you're a couple out there and you're like, or you're thinking about dating someone who's a lot older or younger, think about your society around you because that can that actually can play a role in whether or not you last yeah. very, very long. Um, but again, lasting isn't the only metric upon which we need to uh, you know couch our meaning. All right. Yeah, what if you had a super happy five years and you end it nicely? Yeah, exactly. All right. So in conclusion, there's no empirical problem with age difference. It's a total social construct, just like difference in height or difference in whether or not you go hiking or not. It's just it's just a difference. And, you know, we're we have a massive social construct in our society that you need to conform to the norm. Right. If you're you got to be hetero, you got to be white, you got to be Protestant. Uh, the couple has to be the same age. You need to be at least middle class. You need to dress a certain way. Uh, you, you know, yeah. ha- you can have tattoos, but not too many. You can have <laughs> piercings, but not too many. And all these things are, there's just this, we just have a society of con- of conformers. And, and so if you have an age difference in your relationship, you're not conforming to the norm and therefore people hate you. Um, so is, is that t-shirt that you're wearing from back in, when you were in high school? Yeah. Like, did you own it this whole time? Yeah. Okay, let me ask you, how is it not faded to all hell? <laughs> yeah. So, Bruno's changing the subject significantly right now. <laughs> He's just noticing a, a t-shirt that I wear almost all the time. It's my high school football. So, when you played football, you were given a t-shirt you could wear underneath for practice, you know, like yeah. over underneath your pads. And this is actually the one I got in 87, which is actually my my junior year. But you wear it all the time. Yeah. And it's not faded. I know. It, it's although I think I started to see a hole somewhere. It's but insane. But yeah, it's totally insane. This shirt is made out of something <laughs> <It's> Kevlar. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so um and it's very comfortable too by the way. Uh okay. So so that's one reason for this social construct is we just have a general conform to the norm notion. We're we're very upset when people step out outside of that. Um, other reasons is basically we have a panic in our society about pedophilia and sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. Uh, now we definitely need to raise awareness about pedophilia, child molestation and sexual harassment and sexual exploitation and power differences and all that kind of, they often say power differential. That always kind of bothers me. Just say power difference. No, it's the power differential. But like in what other context do you use the word differential cars <laughs> seriously yeah there's a there's a drivetrain differential yeah. <laughs> so it's like why not power difference you know like why do we use a different form of of you know? but anyway so we we definitely need to think about power differences and we definitely need to raise awareness and we we have a problem with that in our society that we have not been addressing well enough and to some extent the pendulum has swung the other we, we've we've end up in our effort to catch the tuna in the net we have also caught dolphins <laughs> because in our effort to catch 
child molesters and sexual harassment people. We are also catching age difference people. Yes. We're just saying, we're just labeling any age difference in sexuality as mm-hmm. automatically sexual That's harassment. That's gross. That's harass. harass it's some kind of weird sexual thing. It's a power differential train. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. We're stupid as humans. My God, we're so dumb. Um, okay. Now, here's the other thing, though. Because, really, what age are we talking about? Because there is a cutoff, right? I mean, there is a power dif- there is an age difference in which we're like, well, you know, so, so where's, you know, where's that cut? What, at what age does the younger, <laughs> youngest person have to be? Yeah, like an 18-year-old and a 98-year-old. Go. Right. Or, a, you know, a 20-year-old. And, you know, at what age is it okay? Because basically what I'm saying is there's no empirical reason why a 25-year-old couldn't date a 100-year-old if they wanted to. If those two people consented to it, yeah. fine. You know, For whatever reasons they had, no one should be judging that. Yeah. But at what age does the youngest person get to do that kind of thing? You know, Right. What well, do you think? Uh, and before I answer that, uh, there is a possibility that an extreme difference like that, like a 22-year-old and a 70-year-old or something like that, um, the, there could have been abuse when they were younger. Well, it's just interesting right? that you have to go there in your head. Do you know what I mean? The, well, yeah. You're going to that place. I am it's going it's, to it's that the place. same way that people go to when they say, well, you know, you're gay. Well, you know, it's maybe you were abused and that's why you're gay. Well, I mean, let me, let me, I mean, put, maybe, let me, you let know, me put the question a different way. Maybe a same age couple has been sexually abused when they were young. Sure. And they chose same age people. Totally. You know? But let, let, me ask, let me ask the question a different way. If a person had been abused when they were, say, a teenager, by a significantly older person. And as they become an adult, they choose to be with a significantly older person. Could that be re-traumatizing for them? Uh, yeah, but, the, you know, back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, but when we did one of our very first Psychology in Seattle episodes with the polyamorous and the s yes. people, Alina Gabosh. And I was just watching that last night, ironically, or coincidentally. Really? Yes. Interesting. Um, I ran into her recently. Actually, we sh- we need to go to the erotic uh, arts festival and all. The, and oh the, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but the thing is, is I asked a very similar question to her about S and M. Was I was like, well, you know, research shows that people who have been abused uh, tend might sort of get involved in the S and M community uh-huh. and activity because they're they're replaying their abuse or something. Yeah. And what she said was. I'm really glad you asked that, but it's a really stupid question <laughs> is kind of the attitude she had. Cause she said like, everyone always asks that question. And, and basically what she said was, um, does that mean that someone can't participate in something that they want to do? Do you know what I mean? Like maybe they're working it out and, 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 and maybe someone, the fact the the, the thing here is, S&M can be harmful to people and it can be helpful to people and it could be neither to people. And some of that might have to do with past abuse and some of it might not be. You know what I mean? So yeah. so take yeah. someone who was abused and that gives them a greater attraction to super old men or something. Well, maybe a relationship with a nice super old man will help them heal. Like who are we to say from the outside whether or not a consenting adult should or should not engage in a relationship or not. Well, relationship is 
tough, but you know, what if what if we changed it and we said, you know, this this girl was abused sexually and now she is a prostitute. And you know, does that Well, same thing, man. If she that... wants to be a sex worker and that's her thing, then you know, freedom, live and let live. Now, there are sex workers who are living a a, a life in hell and there are sex workers who are not. So it sounds like to me like you're only drawing the line if I'm just the, saying it's interesting that we go there when we think about these sorts of things. Well, we certainly have to go there when certain when when it applies when they start um, with the thing that they are doing affects negatively someone someone's freedom or rights, right? Well, sure, so, but, but so that doesn't if, mean uh, it is wrong. It means that that person is suffering and we need to help them or they need to reach out for help. Do you know what but, I mean? But but so we do draw that line. We say like, okay, look, this person. It has pedophilic tendencies. They're 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 abusing kids, and it turns out they were abused as a child. Well, well, that's just wrong on its face, anyway, because well, you're, right? you're you're molesting children. Yeah, but but he he or she is is doing it uh, as a result of their their abuse. Well, let, right? let me give an let me give you another example. So let's say you were uh, as a man abused by someone who a woman who is tall, you know, very tall. And as a result, you grow up into your adult life and you find yourself attracted to women who are your height or taller. And at some point you're in therapy and you're like, you know what? I think I'm actually, I think one of the reasons why I'm attracted to tall women is because when I was young, I was abused by a girl who was taller than yeah. me. Who cares? You know, okay, so- if, you're, if you're in therapy and you're like, and I'm in hell, then by all means, look at that. But if you're just like, huh, that's interesting that I'm attracted to that, you know? Okay, fair enough. So so the height one is a great example. But we can certainly agree, so forgetting sex for a second, um, I had a bad financial example as a kid. Now I have a gambling addiction. And I come to therapy, and I'm like, I have a gambling addiction. Right. We certainly wouldn't say, oh, hey, you're an adult, man. You can right. spend your money right. however you want to so, spend it. So by analogy, if, if an 18-year-old comes into therapy and says, I'm attracted to super old dudes, and I'm fairly sure it has to do with the fact that I was abused. And when I engage in relationships with old dudes, it's it's a mixed bag of like yeah. good and bad for me, and I don't feel like it's quite right for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But but you have evidence that the person is presenting it on its face, though. An 18-year-old or, a, say, a 25-year-old with a 100-year-old, there's, there's, in my book, I can't see any reason to condemn that. I okay. can't see any reason. What you're saying is that there's certain things in life that on its face we would condemn, like this person's murdering or stealing, or right. uh, but certain things we wouldn't based on this new analysis. We'd say like, no, on its face, that age gap, we shouldn't condemn it, period. Right, because you have two people who want to do something, and who are you to talk about that? Okay. Even if it's based on nothing, like... The um, Hugh Hefner, I, I don't know the details with his relationships, but let's just say the the 25-year-old women that he was involved with uh, were completely, you know, they didn't feel oppressed in any way or, or controlled. Yeah. Let's just say they, they did it on their, with, you know, their own free will. And let's say in their, their head, they're like, yeah, I really like the guy. And, you know, he's a lot of fun. And and yeah, sure, you know, if, if he wasn't Hugh Hefner, I wouldn't go out with him. But, you know, I really, I really like this, you know, and the age gap is 60 years, like in that one example, I said, like, as a from the outside, we can't look at that and go like, ooh, we can't okay. look at that and say there's something wrong with that. Okay, then I'm, I'm going to try to draw a, a more subtle line. Because we clearly seem as a society to, to understand that you are not quite mature enough 
just because you've turned 18 for right. everything. Right. So that's the point is maturity, right? Which is a very weird subject to get into, which is a whole area of controversy in, in the literature because it's like we, we set this arbitrary number yeah. at 18 and say as, as soon as the day you turn 18, <laughs> you are now free to marry and be in a sexual relationship with anyone of any age older than you. Whereas you can't drink alcohol yet yeah. and you can't rent the car. <laughs> right. So you're, you're not mature enough to drink, but you are mature enough to smoke and to now engage in a relationship with a 100-year-old And man. go to fight for your country and everything. Right. And so it's, it's a very weird thing. That's because right. maybe some 16-year-olds are, quote-unquote, mature enough. I'm not proposing that by any means. Okay, I'm going to draw a line at either you got to be 25 if you want to date anyone over 50, <laughs> or you got to pass a test that I'm going to devise. <laughs> but in according to what we're saying here is, Maturity. might there be a 25-year-old who isn't mature enough? No, absolutely. That's why I, I might devise a maturity test. Right. So age is perhaps associated with the maturity, um, <laughs> but, but, the but maturity? not necessarily, right? Can you, you imagine the test I would come up with to determine maturity? <laughs> yeah. But basically what it comes down to is if we're worried about a power difference, then using age as a, as a slam dunk factor in power difference is a very misguided way of looking at it because... You can have a younger a younger partner can absolutely abuse an older partner. I've seen it happen over and over. in the relationships that I look at where there's where there's actual power difference that an exploitation. Age difference is not one of the things that I often see. I see same age people, I see younger people abusing older people, I see older people abusing younger people. It happen, you know, age might play a role, like it might kind of add like a one or two percent factor in there but there are much greater much more uh, nuanced factors that you can't see from the outside that you actually have to go up to them and and talk to them and and ask them what's happening in the relationship okay you know you can have a 25 year old person who is extremely abusive to a 45 year old person Mm -hmm. and you can have a 45 year old person who's extremely abusive to a 25 year old person so you now might age play a role? Absolutely. You know, if you're an abusive person and you're going to try to find a person to control, then you're probably a little bit more likely to look for a younger person, but it's not guaranteed, right? So if we're looking, so there's this weird kind of discussion around at what age is someone mature enough to make a mature decision about a relationship? You know, that's, that's a weird conversation to get into. The other thing is, is if we're talking about power difference and that's, and we're using age as like this automatic marker of, of a power difference, then you're stupid for doing that. Okay. In my clinical experience, I will say that people just, as I was thinking about this, it's like, I find that age difference relationships with the clients that I've talked to have a certain electric feel to them when I talk with my clients. They, they, they'll talk about how, they, uh, I guess it's mainly older clients to- who are talking about having younger partners. I see. And there's something very attractive about an age difference that can actually really facilitate a, the bonding of a relationship. Hmm. You know, the differences are um, facilitative of that because there's something very exotic about living in another person's world that you don't normally have access mm, to. Right. 
the younger person has access to the older person's world, which is like very different than their world and vice versa. Right. Yeah. 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 And there's a certain Romeo and Juliet quality to it that can play into it. Like, Ooh, you know, we're, we're playing against the rules here, you know? And so I've seen that happen as well. Like I have a friend, um, in Colombia who is, uh, I don't know. She's in her twenties, you know, in university. And, um, we, we text on WhatsApp. Yep. And, Yet we have like Game of Thrones and other things like Stranger Things and other shows in yeah. common. So we talk about that stuff. Right. And uh, even though there's quite a bit of an age difference there. Right. So if you were, you know, uh, well, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot less, particularly I think maybe even today with the internet and everything and all this shared experience. Yeah. I think age difference and culture it's not as big of a deal as maybe it was before. I don't know. Anyway, um, the other thing I, I should say in terms of clinical experience is that sometimes when I encounter age differences in relationships, it's due to a an issue of um, a the the one person needs to be held up as the strong person and one needs and the younger person needs to be held up as the weak person mm. and that facilitates a bond that can lead to problems later on but anyway but that's not because of age it's just kind of something that i see sometimes okay so what's the bottom line here well the bottom line is as long as the younger person is past a certain age which i can't really define and of a certain maturity there's absolutely no clinical problem with an age gap i'm i'm stating that because and 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 I dare anyone to refute that in a convincing way to me. Of course, unless you mean past sixty-five. <laughs> it's it's all a massive social construct based on our discomfort of things that don't conform to the norm. You know, like wait, you identify as a different gender, ah, or wait, you you want to be polyamorous? You you want to date two people at once? <laughs> ah, you know, wait, you like the Star Wars prequels? Ah, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> ah, you know, there's a there's a greater ch- sure there's a greater chance of the relationship ending sooner, particularly for large age gaps. Like I love how you threw that. <laughs> <laughs> they're particularly for large age gaps, like ten plus years. But that could be due to many issues other than relationship satisfaction. You know, marginalization. It could be due to the the second third marriage statistic, that kind of thing. Do, do you realize you just solved it? By the way, what the test is? Did you enjoy the Star Wars prequels? If the answer is anything other than no, then you cannot date that person. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, is even when we think about larger age gaps, perhaps leading to a shorter relationship, we also have to remind ourselves there's nothing wrong with having a short relationship. Uh, when it, and again, when it comes to children, there are research looks into this. When you divorce well, the the all the problems that you see in kids regarding divorce are either massively reduced or they go away completely. Interesting. Uh, whereas if you're in a relationship that is, if you're in a marriage that is terrible and there's all this conflict, <laughs> like right. a lot of problems happen to the kids. So live your life, fall in love with whoever the F you want to fall in love with, as long as it's legal and as long as there isn't an abusive power difference. Right. And we all need to stop marginalizing and bullying these people because it's unfair and it's freaking dumb. That's my bottom line, Berna. What do you think? 
I think I hear you loud and clear. Uh, top age is 65, minimum age is 30. <laughs> well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining me out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.